Good morning, everybody. Do you love this weather? I love this. I love this. October, I've decided, is my favorite month of the year. How about you, Steve? That's a good month. Yeah, it's a good month. <laughs> it's my favorite because fall is my favorite season of the year, and October kind of ushers in the fall, and uh, so I love the look of October. I love the smell of October. I love the feel of October. I love October. I also have a more kind of personal reason for loving October. Um, it was in October that I first laid eyes on Marilyn. I knew that would get an ah. Bunch of guys rolling their eyes, but you know. It's worse, guys. I know the exact date. The first time I saw Marilyn, it was October 14th. No, it wasn't. It was October 17th. It was October 17th. Our first date was October 24th. But the date that really sealed the deal for me, and we had one of those relationships where we kind of fell really quickly, it was that second date. And it was just before Halloween. Um, I had been invited to uh, somebody's Halloween party, and uh, so I called Marilyn and said, hey, I've been invited to this party. Um, would you like to go? And, and maybe before we go to the party, we go out to dinner. And she said yes. And so we went to a restaurant, and I don't know the exact times. Um, I could make those up, but I won't do that. But whatever it was, we, we went to dinner, and the idea is we'll go to dinner, and then we'll go to this party. And um, we never made it to the party. We sat in this restaurant, and time stood still. We were in a conversation that literally time stood still, and it was hours. I'm sure the waiter was not happy about this couple taking that seat. Um, but, you know, it was just this deep, deep conversation, um, wide-ranging conversation. Time flew by. By the time we were, we weren't finished, but they were kicking us out of the restaurant. And... Um, that conversation has continued for 36 years. Now, that sounds great, right? It's a beautiful story. The reality is that conversation has continued for 36 years. It hasn't always been good, right? I mean, when you're in a conversation with the same person for a long period of time, there are going to be difficult times that come. There are going to be hard conversations. There are times where we have been angry with each other, frustrated with each other, annoyed by each other, confused by the other person. And um, so all of that is a part of the reality of a 36-year-long conversation. But always at the foundation of those, even those difficult times, has been this idea that we love one another. I love her and want the best for her. She loves me and wants the best for me. So even in those difficult times, those hard conversations, it's built on that foundation. We're in a series right now we're calling The Way. It's the uh, words of Jesus, I am the way. And so we're talking about the way of Jesus and we're doing it over the course of several series. 
So the series we're in right now, under this umbrella of the way, is a series on prayer. And the simple fact is both simple and profound when it comes to prayer. Simply stated, prayer is a daily, lifelong conversation with your creator. That's all. Prayer is a daily, lifelong conversation with your creator. And when we try to make it more than that, we get lost. And when we think that it's something less than that, we get lost as well. And so it is this ongoing conversation, this, this dialogue, this monologue. Sometimes it feels like a monologue, but it's a dialogue with God. And so we are in this discussion about what this lifelong conversation looks like. I just noticed my notes are backwards, which is why I was confused. So forget everything I said about Marilyn. We're going to start from the... No, no, that's, that part was right. So that's, that's the message of, the, of today, just this idea of this lifelong conversation with God. At its best, prayer is similar to how we, how you relate to your best friend. So whether your best friend is your spouse or your best friend is a family member or your best friend is, is someone else that you have been in conversation with for a long time, prayer is a lot like that. It's daily. It's routine, it's part of your life as you go through the day. There's a great passage of scripture I wanna read and the words will be up on the screen. It's from Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. It says this, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses, would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, the son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. What a great description of prayer. This intimate moment, this private moment that you get to have with God and speak to God as a friend. Now that conversation that is described there in the 33rd chapter of Exodus really began 30 chapters earlier. If you go back to Exodus chapter three and into Exodus chapter four, you see the beginning of this conversation that God had with Moses and it went something like this. Moses is out in the field and he sees a bush that's burning but not being consumed by the fire. And so he goes over to this bush and as he's looking at it, God says, Moses, take off your shoes, this is holy ground. And Moses said, nothing. He was stunned to hear the voice of God. And God said, Moses, I've noticed my people and their suffering. 
in their enslavement in Egypt, and I've decided, Moses, that it's time for the people to be set free, and I wanna have them led into a promised land, Moses, and so I'm gonna ask you to go and to tell Pharaoh to let the people go, and Moses said, me? No, 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 God, I, I, I can't do that. God says, it's all right, Moses, I will be with you. Yeah, but God, what, what am I gonna tell them about who you are? And he said, oh, well, it's easy. Just tell them I am. Tell them that I am the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Yeah, but you know, God, what if, what if they don't believe me? Why would they believe me? And God, you know, I'm not the most articulate guy. I'm not good with words. God, send somebody else. I, I can't do this. Moses, I know, you and I together will do this. Yeah, but God, I, I don't have enough answers. I don't, I, what will I do if Pharaoh says this or the children of Israel do that? I, I, I don't know what I would do. God, this is too big. I can't do this. Send somebody else, please. I love this conversation. Every time I read Exodus 3 and 4, I am both amused and astounded by the kind of conversation that he's having. It is so genuine. It's so real. I could see myself having this very conversation with God because I've had this very conversation with God, right? You want me to do what? No, God, I can't do that. There are people who are better qualified to do that. There are people who are more articulate, 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 right? And God goes, believe me, Jeff, I know. My favorite scripture is God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's why he picked me. So, that's the conversation that began that later became this ongoing conversation that Moses had in the tent of meeting with God face to face as with a friend. It started with him saying, I can't do this. I can't do what you're asking me to do, God. It's too big, it's too difficult, it's too immense. I don't have the answers to the questions that I'm thinking of, much less what they might think of for me. God, I can't do this. Have you felt that? Have you been in that kind of situation? Maybe you're in that kind of situation right now in your life where you're dealing with things in your life and you're saying, God, I can't do this. This is too much. It's too hard. It's too overwhelming. It's too frightening. And God says, I know. I know. That's why you need to walk with me. That's why we need to be in conversation. When the time comes, when it gets to that place that's so difficult, I'll show up. So Moses in that tent of meeting has this experience with God where he's looking back now over the past experiences where Pharaoh didn't believe him and he had to go through the plagues and the people, the, the, uh, the freed slaves were turning on Moses and God showed up and 
parted the Red Sea and God provided food when there was no food and God provided answers when there were no answers and God provided people at just the right time for Moses to do what God wanted him to do. That's how it works. We want all the answers. I want all the answers up front. I want to know, you know, how is this going to work and make sure that it's all put together and it's all figured out before I move. And God says, it's not the way it works. Follow me. Stay in conversation with me. And I'll lead you. That's the thing about prayer. It is the most intimate time that you will spend with God. Worship is great. I love our times of worship. And it can be inspiring and uplifting and and all of those good things. But there is an intimacy to the times of prayer that nothing else is like. Times between you and God and you and God alone. So in the way of Jesus, Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus taught his followers to pray. And in a couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about specifically a prayer that Jesus taught his followers. But in the run-up to teaching him that prayer, Jesus had some other things to say about the nature of prayer. And I want to look at those for just a few moments because it's something, he told them what prayer is not before he told them what prayer is. Sometimes that's helpful, right? As we're trying to figure stuff out to know what it isn't before we even know and understand fully what it is. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, Jesus is teaching them what prayer is not. And he said this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So he's describing here um, people who see prayer as public performance, right? This is a way for them to show off. This is a way for them to get attention. This is a way for them to uh, be put on display and, and everybody can go, oh, well, that person is, wow, they're just so spiritual and they're, they're so, man, they've got such an amazing relationship with God that they can have that kind of conversation with. Um, and Jesus is saying, if, if that's your motivation, when you pray, that's all you get, right? So you'll have the, the uh, applause of the people, if you will, but God's not in it. That's basically what Jesus is saying. It's tough for somebody in a role like mine to hear that, right? Because, you know, I've got to check my spirit a lot. You know, when I pray, am I just trying to, to show off? Am I putting on a performance, putting on a show? And so one of the things I have to do uh, to, to keep that in check is when I'm praying in public is to block out the fact that I'm standing in front of people and really focus my mind on, on God. So you may be, I don't know, you know, it seems like families have the official prayers. 
Maybe that's your role in a family, right? Like if the family's gathered, you know, like, okay, you get to pray because you're the, you're that guy, you're that gal. Um, so that's, that's one of the challenges, you know, that when you're the official prayer to make sure that your heart is right, your spirit is right. So be careful about that. Then he goes on and says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Prayer is an act of faith. I heard somebody once say that, you know, most of what we do as followers of Christ makes sense whether or not there is a God. Reading the Bible makes sense. It's good literature. It's, there's some you know, practical wisdom in it. And so you know, it's, it's a good thing to do whether there's a God or not. Helping other people, serving other people is a good thing whether there's a God or not. Coming to be a part of a Christian community um, and being served and serving in a community like that is a good thing whether there's a God or not. Prayer makes no sense if there is no God you are literally talking to yourself, right? If there is a God, Jesus is saying, not if there's a God, Jesus is saying, because there is a God, he knows our heart. And so when you go into that private place where nobody else knows what's going on, you close the door and you just have a conversation with God God sees that act of faith and God rewards it in countless ways over the course of a lifetime. Then he says this, when you pray, don't babble on. Love that. Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So don't just babble on. You know, prayer is not just repeating a set of words. It's not a form that you go through. Even the Lord's Prayer has, for some, become this kind of rote thing, and we just say it. We've learned it over years, and we just say it. We're not thinking about the words. The words don't mean anything to us. We think just by repeating the words that that's somehow a connection to God. And Jesus is saying, it's not about that. It's not about some formula. It's not about repeating meaningless words over and over again. It's about connecting with God. Opening your heart and your mind to God. And it's not about the number of words. You know, there are those who think, you know, well, you know, I pray for 45 minutes. 
And so, you know, there's, that's kind of like a badge of honor. Like, wow, 45 minutes. I was talking to somebody recently who uh, said, you know, I, I, I decided I needed to pray for my, for my kids and I wanted to go into, you know, some really serious time of prayer for my kids, very concerned about the kids at this point. And, and uh, so he said, I, I just started to pray for my kids. And he, he said, I, I just got lost in this prayer. And, and after I was finished, I thought, wow, that was amazing. And I looked over at the clock and it had been three minutes, right? Three minutes. But it's not about the minutes, right? It's not about the time. It's not that God is up there with a stopwatch going, whoo, 10 minute, way to go, right? It's about the heart. Uh, another guy that, uh, in fact, this was just recently in one of my small groups, a guy was saying, he was telling the story about how um, he was in a time in his life where everything was falling apart. His marriage was falling apart. His kids were struggling. His career had stalled and, and things weren't going well in his career. And he, he said, I just found myself walking every day and just saying, God, I know you have a plan for my life. He said, I couldn't think of anything else to say. And it was this deep cry of his heart, God, I know you have a plan for me. God, I know you have a plan for me. And he said, it, it, he just, for weeks, that was all he could pray. That was 14, 15 years ago. And he said, now looking back, I can see all of the ways that God had a plan for me and was opening doors and answering things and leading me through things. But at the time, in the midst of it, all I could do is just hold on and say the only words that, that I could utter at that time, God, I know you have a plan for my life. I know you have a plan for me. Tony Campolo, many of you... Uh, may remember Tony. Tony is a, a, a gifted preacher. He had a, a national ministry um, back in the day. Uh, and uh, he's still around, I guess semi-retired as much as Tony retires. Uh, but I remember Tony being with us and he was saying that he had gotten into this routine in his, in his life where when he woke up in the morning, he would just sit up in bed for a few minutes before he got out of bed and started his day and he would just close his eyes and just say, Jesus, Jesus. He said, I, I just would repeat Jesus' name. I just wanted to start my day with him, to just be still in his presence and, and to listen if he had something to say to me. It's the simple act of prayer. It's not about set words. It's not about eloquence. It's the simple act, faithful act of coming to your creator. So let me ask you a question that somebody asked me years ago. When you pray, who do you pray to? Whose name do you invoke when you pray most often? When I was asked that question a few years back, I, I, uh, I'll have to think about that. I wasn't sure. 
what name do I use? And I realized that I use either God or Father. When I pray, I'm praying God or I'm praying Father. And the person who asked me the question said, yeah, you know, that's a problem for me because my earthly father was not a good person. He was cruel, he was abusive, he was rejecting. And when I think of a father, that's the image I have. And so I struggle with this idea of God as father. I said, wow, that's, that's interesting. Who do you pray to? He said, I pray to Jesus. So when I, when I evoke a Jesus name, I have this sense of God as one with me, who gets me, who's walking alongside me, who's experienced many of the things that I experience. And so when I pray, I use Jesus name. So I've been asking people that over, you know, since then, periodically, I'll ask the question, you know, who do you pray to? I've been surprised by the number of people who tell me they pray to the Spirit, Holy Spirit. And when I've asked them about that, what I hear most often is, yeah, I've, the Spirit is that presence of God with me, in me. So I don't picture you know, a, a person or an entity, I just, the Spirit of God, and I'm just evoking the name of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, guide me, Spirit, lead me. We know that God is one. There's not three gods. There's not God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit as three separate entities. God is, is one. So when we're using any one name, we're talking to God. But sometimes it's important, the name that we use. So if that's helpful for you, that's, that's great. I know that for some, you know, the names get in the way or can be really helpful. So what is the name that you use when you're, when you're praying? And it's changed for me now, now that I've had that kind of awareness. So I find myself changing it up. I mean, my go-to is, is father. I had a great dad. I was blessed with a great dad, and so I don't have that issue of struggling with God in the image of father. But to pray to Jesus sometimes changes my prayer. To pray to the Holy Spirit sometimes changes my prayer. No, it's a good thing. <laughs> One last thought. Talked about uh, this 36 year conversation that Marilyn and I have been in and that there are those times as you would guess in any long relationship like that, that there are those difficult times, those times of frustration with each other and anger at, at something that was said or done or not said or not done. You know, those are the natural things that happen in a relationship. One of the bad things that we can do, that we have done, that we try to not do, is go silent, right? 
you hurt my feelings, you disappointed me, you frustrated me, and so I'm, I'm done talking to you. That's a bad thing, right? It's a bad thing for a lot of reasons. It's a bad thing, uh, one, because when you stop talking, things never get better. When you stop talking, things never get better. And the other thing that I've noticed is that the longer that goes on, the harder it seems to break through it. Right? The same is true with our relationship with God. There are times, and it's okay, we talked about this last week, really, where you may be frustrated with God, you may be disappointed in God because of the situations in your life, the struggles in your life. And that's natural, that's normal. God understands that. But when our response to that is we stop talking to God, things don't get better. It only starts to feel worse. And the longer it goes on, the harder it is, where it feels like it is. It really isn't hard at all, honestly. It just means start talking, right? It feels harder, but it's not really. I know for a lot of folks that the struggle with prayer is you walk around with a lot of shame and guilt. Things that you've said or done or not said or not done that you carry shame and guilt, maybe things you're doing now. And you're just sure that God is so disappointed in you, so angry with you, rejecting. And it's not true. Steve alluded to this in, in uh, something that he was saying uh, as he was leading us in worship. He alluded to this scripture, and I want to share it with you. It's from Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 38 and 39. Listen to these words that Paul wrote. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that you've done, nothing that you've ever said, nothing that you're doing now that keeps God from loving you. And so keep the conversation going. He doesn't need eloquence of words. He doesn't need a lot of words. You don't need a lot of words necessarily. There may be times where the conversation is, you know, you've got a lot going on and you're, you're talking a lot. So it's not that, you know, that's a bad thing. But it doesn't have to be that. It's not about how many minutes. 
It's not about a performance. It is a daily, lifelong conversation with your creator who knows you and who loves you and who wants to walk you through this life with blessing. So I wanna just end out our time together and rather than me continuing uh, to talk, to give you an opportunity to just say good morning to the Lord, to share whatever's on your heart right now for just a couple of moments. So let's pray. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Hear the prayers of your people. good to talk to you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. No matter what. Thank you for walking with us through difficult situations, challenging situations, as well as in the times of great blessing and joy that you are always present. Be with us as we go through the rest of this day. Guide our steps, guide our thoughts. Guide our attitudes. And as we come to the end of this day, God, may our last thought be thoughts of gratitude for the way that you have walked with us. I pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people agreed and said, have a great week, everybody.